0: what's possible if you let go of the shoulds right wrongs and supposed tos what could you create who would you get to be and what would you experience as a leader parent colleague or whatever hat you're wearing what qualities would you bring to the space This podcast will invite and empower you to step over the idea of waiting for tomorrow or for someday and begin today a foraging hand in hand with your fear, your first bold leaps towards the life, team, or business that truly fills you up and inspires you. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Zimmerman, executive life and leadership coach and recovering perfectionist. If you believe it's time to step out of the rat race and into your own success on your own terms, you're in the right place. Welcome to Trailblazing Growth. Today's episode is a little different. I am actually sharing an episode that I was a guest on. Um, I was a guest on My Digital Farmer, and the host, Corinna Bench, is my client, And so she brought me on, she interviewed me on what coaching is, Um, she really dives into the value that she receives as a client, and then we have a little um, mini coaching session. Um, Ordinarily our coaching sessions are 60 minutes, Um, this is definitely a lot shorter, but this will kind of give you a taste as to what coaching is. All right, I'll let Corinna take it away.
1: So a few months ago, I hired a leadership coach. It was a big financial investment and really scary, but it's been one of the best things I've ever done. A few months ago, I was in a position in my business where I needed to make a big decision. I needed to do something a little bit scary. And I had been wanting to do this for over a year and I kept putting it off. I kept coming up with reasons why it wasn't time yet. And I would use excuses like, I still need to learn this skill or it's gonna cost me too much money, I can't afford it. Or what if it doesn't work? All of these were excuses to keep me from moving forward. And I kind of got to the point where I realized that I didn't need another online course to teach me something. What I needed was to work on my mindset. I kept coming up against the same thoughts again and again. And I just thought, this is what I want to work on next. And so I decided that it was time to look into hiring a coach. And that was a very scary thought for me. I didn't know what coaches did. I didn't know how a coaching session even looked. And I wasn't sure I was going to get a return on my investment. So as it happened, Rebecca who I'm interviewing today. She lives locally in Elmore, and I actually know her uh, because she's run a business in Elmore that was very successful. And I've always admired her. And I suddenly started seeing these ads pop up in my Instagram feed that she was a leadership coach and she was offering her services as a coach. And so I reached out to her and we had a discovery call. And a few days later, I made a very, at the time, scary decision to make that investment. And it has been one of the best things I've ever done for myself and for my business, frankly. I've only been working with her for four months and the things that I have manifested in four months are blowing me away. And so I asked her if she would come on to the show because I think that this whole mindset thing is something that should be explored. So much of our marketing is being trapped in our own fears and in our own mind, in these thoughts that are telling us we can't do that or you shouldn't do that or that's the wrong way. And so we don't take action and we don't change things and we keep staying trapped in a certain behavior pattern.
0: All right. She's going to jump into the interview of me.
1: Enjoy. So can you try to define what coaching is? Because I, there's lots of different versions of coaching out there. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So coaching is identifying the things in the way of the client's commitments and getting the client to their personal best. It's Hmm. distinguishing and empowering by seeing what the client is doing and not doing and hearing what the client is saying and not saying, and then designing actions that give the client access to their own power and their own possibility. It's adding speed and power to their, what I call the life projects. So a life project could be you know, you're working, you know, your business, and then you're also a mom, and then you're also a spouse, and you're also a friend. And so you want all of those pillars integrated to who you are. So it's adding speed into power and integrating all of them. Um, It's getting the client out of their own way, and not letting fear drive their car. And it's really designing actions in line with their own commitments and values, rather than what's good or bad or right and wrong, and then finally, it's revealing what their current kind of high-level, high-elevation context is over their content, like that, the weeds of the day, and then mm-hmm. practicing new ways of showing up and new ways of being to create their new possibility. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like what coaching is as a holistic picture.
1: So this is not consulting, to be clear. I know when you and I met initially yes. and talked Correct. about you were really clear about that. Um, I'm not here to give you a plan, a step-by-step plan for what you need to do to correct your project. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: Cause the, cause the people that I work with, they, they want to feel like they can trust themselves. They want to trust their gut. They want to trust their intuition. And if I just told them what to do, then they wouldn't actually be practicing trusting themselves and they wouldn't be practicing Leaning into their own greatness and seeing their own zone of genius. If I was the expert telling them what to do, like mm-hmm. consulting is amazing. Like, there's, I'm not saying consulting is bad. What I am saying is sometimes people want something different, and I provide that different avenue. Mm-hmm. I take the client as the expert and we co create their actions together versus me being the expert and holding all the responsibility and me telling them what to do, and what they should do, and saying, oh, that's the wrong way of doing it, here's the right way of doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know one of the things that I've gotten out of it is just a greater self-awareness, because yeah. I think you kind of, when you go through your life, you just look at things the same way all the time, you don't even realize that you're looking at it through this lens, and when you, you and I talk, you, you show me that there are other there are other lenses that I could look through and that this is the lens I'm currently looking through. And that's very helpful sometimes to have someone else speak that out. So I think that that's also something that coaching provides is a, yeah, a greater self-awareness to the clients. Yeah. Yeah. may not not even realize they want that, but that does happen.
0: And like, I like to think of it as like a formula. So if you're trying to achieve this new result, then I have like this equal sign, like it's new result equals, And it's a new awareness and plus new action. So with new awareness that you just spoke plus new action that we take on because of the new awareness, we then can generate that new result you're seeking. Yeah. That's how I like to think of it and kind of my mathematical brain.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the reasons that people seek, seek out a coach like you? Um, I mean, I know there are probably many, many different starting points, um, but maybe you can give some examples of like, what are, what's driving it? What are people hoping to learn or get out of it or achieve in general? Yeah. Do you see any patterns?
0: Yeah, I would say as like a large, broad brushstroke, they're seeking inner fulfillment. They're externally successful, yet they're still seeking that inner fulfillment. So that's like the broad brushstroke. Like everything they do touches to gold, like touch like turns into gold, but they still like feel like something is missing. There's this void inside of them, which keeps them turning more and more things into gold. And so um, people, I would say the reasons why people seek me out is A, because they really want to achieve goals that they feel are impossible or really far out of reach, but they don't want to lose like their self in the process. And what I mean by that is it's really easy to dive like all in, in one aspect of your life. And let the others fall to the wayside. So, if let's say somebody's trying to like earn partner, become partner at a firm, or scale their company, and historically they found themselves like not working out like physically fit as they used to, or maybe they find that their relationship with their spouse or their significant other is like plummeting, or they you know they they don't get home as early as they want to, or they're not present um, when they're actually not working, and their brain is always thinking about work that's the that's how they've historically found themselves and they don't want it to go like that anymore. Um, so people are want to achieve both external milestones while they're feeling fulfilled during the journey. They want to integrate all pillars of their life. They want both life and work and they don't wanna sacrifice one for the other. So that's what I've found of um, why people really seek me out as a
1: coach that is like totally me to a T you were talking and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And it's funny because I'm such a high achiever. Like I, I feel like I can do anything I set my mind to. And this is the thing, the sense of balance I've never been able to achieve it. And it frustrates it It like frustrates me immensely. Um, and I, I feel like I am finally getting there with you. I mean, we haven't been, we've only been doing this for four months, but, um, I see that that's now possible and yeah. uh, And like,
0: it's, it's that mentality of like, you can have all the things, but not all at the same time. And it's kind mm. of like, it's, it's like going, it's doing away with that sentence and saying like, you can have all the things and you can have them all at the same time. And so it's retraining our brain and relearning a new way of being and operating in the world
1: to see that. So walk, walk us through, the actual process of coaching cuz i there might be some people listening right now who who are intrigued but they want to know okay what does the container look like or what is the deliverable right like how how do you how does coaching happen so can you speak to like what a session looks like and yeah just that yeah. that process
0: yeah so i take the client's lead and so I always start the session by, um, well, first I request them to send me a pre-coaching check-in form. And what that really does is it grounds the client in their own coaching. It allows them to slow down in their life and really focus on these different aspects uh, or different projects that they're working on. And their project could be leadership, like really intangible. Their project could be having a better marriage. Their project could be scaling their company, which is more tangible and getting grounded um, in their projects. And they'll send that to me before our call. And so sometimes my clients still have that same request going into the call from what their sheet says. And sometimes it's different. And so I always start the call by asking them, what are we talking about today? And so they really flush that out. And then we move into like, okay, so this is what we're talking about. Like, what do you actually wanna get from this call? Like, what do you wanna leave with from this call? and sometimes it's really tangible. Like I want to, I want four steps for this thing that I'm walking into. And sometimes it's intangible of like, I want to feel powerful and confident when making this decision, or I've already made this decision, but I'm still really scared about it. Like, and I want to leave not feeling scared. And then we, you know, flush out, how are we going to measure that? So like with the the tangible thing, like I want four steps. That's really easy to measure. It's like, okay, like either you have the four steps when you leave the call, or you don't have the four steps when you leave the call, um, with a feeling based thing at the beginning of my, um, relationship with my clients, I really have them flush out how they measure. I want to feel confident. Okay, great. Like, How do we measure that then? And so then the reason why I asked that is, you know, because feelings are fleeting, you know fear can come and kick in and then all of a sudden we feel like crap and then like if we're measuring based on feelings like it's really hard to obtain like progress and so then we gain facility with how we're measuring our projects and how we're measuring life and we do that in our coaching call we practice so that's why I really hone in on how are we measuring this I did that less with you now, um, but I did that more with you at the beginning because you've gained your own agency with measuring your own progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we move into like, okay, so if you had that, like, how does that affect your overall life? And so then they start seeing how this affects their bigger picture. Like, okay, great. Like, so if I had that $50,000, let's say that's what their, what their project is. Like, what would that give me? And so then, it really gives them access to open the door to possibility, and so it kind of closes the door. It like circumvents fear popping up. So I use that as kind of like a access point to moving the conversation forward. So coaching sounds very
1: woo woo to some people. <laughs> okay, and I love I love that well, word. I
0: know you used. It. I know you used it a couple times. I love it. I, I've actually adopted that phraseology too. So
1: well, I mean, I think that's out there. Um, maybe because people don't quite understand what can, what, what is actually going on. Um, so how do you explain like the ROI, you know, to someone, the value of what's going on in, in something like that? If they have this, like, oh, it seems very like, oh, we're talking about our feelings and yeah. Yeah.
0: So like the ROI, uh, return on investment would be, I always believe that the best return on investment is like in yourself because you keep carrying that forward versus like buying a tractor, which has a depreciation schedule. And eventually like it's fully depreciated and it's kind of out of, you know, service, but the knowledge that you gain about yourself to then have show up differently in life is to me and to my clients, like a huge return on mm-hmm. their monetary investment and so some clients actually monetarily retrieve that same investment through coaching through their goals So they get back like tangibly what they've invested and other clients aren't going for that type of tangible goal they're going more of like the intangible goals of leadership and personal development and trusting themselves um, you know so it's its all depends on how the client defines value, And we actually really dig into value for them, because everybody has a different relationship with money. Everybody has a different relationship with how they value things. And a lot of times it's pretty disempowering. And so if you can think anything, then it might as well be empowering. And so we really rewrite those scripts. And so, Uh, I feel like I'm getting off topic with the question right now, but that is in and of itself, like the value that some people get. So
1: I wanted to end this call by just sharing with you what what's been valuable out of the coaching experience so far with me. Um, And I just have a quick list here. I love
0: this. I, I, would, yeah, you're this like, bring it on. For
1: me. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> well, cause I want people who are listening, who are thinking about, well, what is, what is the coach actually doing for you, Karina? Like, why, why is she valuable? Why are you investing right. in that? And first of all, you, you listen to me and to all this, all the stuff going on in my head. And my husband actually told me, but that's one of the best things about about the coaching for him is because I would keep coming to him and dumping all my stuff on him and it would be the same stuff. He's like, Krita, you've talked to me about this now like 10 times. Can you just take action and do something? Like I've given you my advice and you still keep bringing it to me. So it's so awesome having someone whom I'm paying to just sit there and listen to me talk and if it's the same thing that I'm dealing with year you know week after week I don't feel bad about it because I'm like this is what she's doing for me she is the sounding board and she will hear it again and there's Good. there's not going to be I don't feel bad bringing it to the table for the 27th time right I love um, that yeah because I think there are people that just stop trying to walk around a topic because they feel like no one wants to listen mm. to them anymore, right? Um, yeah. And you're also super good at finding the thread, the red thread, I like to call it. Um. So you'll, mm. you just kind of listen to all these things, and especially after multiple sessions, things keep coming back to the surface, certain patterns come back and you are able to distill it down and, and see things that I don't see. And in the coaching call, we just did, there were several examples where you're like, well, this is what blaring at me right now i'm seeing xyz right and so to have you point those out and a lot of times they're the same things like uh how many times have i talked about the invisible bridge i'm like here we are we're back at the invisible bridge again um and after a while you start it helps me because i start to see the patterns that yeah. i didn't even know were there so um you're also I've, I've told you this before but you're the keeper of the great question mm. I and I feel that. I I feel like that's what a coach should be to some degree that um you don't just leave the call um and say okay till next week but oftentimes you've given me at least one or two questions that are that are great journaling questions like things that I can take this deeper and really reflect on and think about in a different way um and it's hard to find people who who can who can talk to me like that. Um, I feel like I'm kind of a deep thinker. And so I love having someone who throws a deep question right back at me. And I, I, I love thinking. So that's uh, that ends up being a catalyst for me sometimes to find these breakthroughs, or at least it becomes a, a step towards the breakthrough, right? Uh, to start thinking differently about something. That's beautiful. Um, you often show the issue that I'm dealing with from a different perspective. And in so doing, you invite me to move and shift how I'm thinking and how I'm practicing. So this, this in the coaching call that we just did, the, that invisible bridge about Indiana Jones. I think we brought that up, or I brought that up a few weeks ago for the first time. But um, that's a great metaphor for what I'm describing here, where like I'll I can only see the situation from the angle of Indiana Jones you know, who's looking straight down and doesn't see the bridge and you are my coach and you're over on the side, you're like literally standing on some little ledge in the gap and you can see the bridge from where you are. Right. So you're like yelling at me, there's a bridge. And I'm like, no, there's not, there's not a bridge. You're crazy. But that's kind of what you do. Like you're able to walk around and, and spot, spot things and say, Hey, you're just not seeing everything. There are other ways to look at this problem. Uh, so I think that that's also something that coaching eventually does for you you realize that there isn't just one way to look at something and it it allows you to expand your mind and and go a different yeah look at it from a different direction which is empowering right you're like oh I have choices here I haven't there's another future story that I could write other than the one that you know the only one that I see yeah
0: I love how you bring in choices that's beautiful yeah it's like creating more choices for yourself
1: yeah um I've still got more, Rebecca. There's a few more things. Um, account- <laughs> I, I think I, I think you're also like, and you're giving me accountability. And when I when I first met met up with you, one of the main reasons was like, hey, I want to do this small group coaching thing with my farmers, and I'm afraid to do it, and I'm not sure they're going to want to do it, and I'm not sure how the offer should look, and uh, it just felt so overwhelming. And like after three months of being with you, I got it done. Right. Like, so yeah, that's just this huge thing because I've been wanting to do that for almost two years. And I kept kept finding excuses as to why not to go there and I'm not ready yet, or no one will want this and all these things. And, um, you just like every week that, that, that intake form that I have to fill out and these, you know, breaking it down into steps and having this pro turning it into a project and just seeing what I had to do now, what I had to get over in my head to take the next step. Like that was all possible because I knew crap, I'm going to meet up with her next week. I better have something to show for it that I've been, Mm. (laughs) you know, moving forward. So yeah, yeah, like having someone that, you know, is going to check up on you. And not like you did, you weren't like, how did you do Corinna? Did you do it? Like you didn't, you weren't judging like that, but I just felt compelled to be able to Mm. show you that I am, I am doing my part in this relationship to try and, and make progress. I'm not expecting you to just wave a magic wand and create results for me. Like I have to be the one that makes them. So yeah, you really are creating the value. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I talked earlier about how you, I think you as a coach are also a huge cheerleader and that was a, that was sort of a, an aha moment for me, not right away, but maybe like month two, where I realized I really appreciated when you would text me encouraging little notes Mm -hmm. um, or be like validate me throughout the week with a random thought. And I remember telling you, Hey, I just want you to know that this is really, really valuable to me when you say good job or whatever outside of the call. And then you wrote back and said, well, that's really interesting. Like that, that seems to be something that you quote unquote need, or that you find value in as a pattern in your life. And that's just really good information to know. And, and now you do that for me on a regular basis. And so that is, that is a um, a piece that makes me feel affirmed and make, keeps me moving uh, yeah. towards my goal, because I like knowing that someone's in my corner.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like it's really empowering and it keeps you moving forward. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last two things are just confidence and power. I feel like I have I have become more confident, and I feel powerful a lot more. <laughs> Not all the time, but like, I'll just have these periods where it's like green lights in the intersection. I call it green lights go. And yeah. and I just feel like I you can't stop me and nothing can stop me. And that is such a beautiful feeling um, mm-hmm. to feel like I am in control of my destiny or I don't know if I've been always in control, but I can manage what, you know, if circumstances hit like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm able to manage it better now. Um, and then that last piece, like that balance that we talked about earlier, the that has been the greatest, the greatest value. I thought that I was going to coaching like cause I was gonna get this project done and build accelerator. But as mm-hmm. I'm halfway into it, I realize what what's really been the biggest um gift to me is helping me find balance. Balance in the force. <laughs> um yeah. like the this there are the you you helped me break it down into the projects. Like what are the projects of my life? That big question of Krino, what do you want? What do you want? And I really wrestled with that question a long time. I'm still wrestling with it. And it helped me realize I don't just want one thing. Like I want I wanted balance. I I want to be able to be good at this and be a great mom. I wanna feel like I'm an amazing wife. I wanna be taking care of this relationship. I wanna have self-fulfillment and be growing over here. I wanna have, I wanna build Digital Farmer, right? There's all these projects. And once I identified what they were and you helped me sort of see that as long as I'm sort of spinning each plate, you know and 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 looking at them occasionally and just putting them through that, that daily filter of are you gonna groom that today? no, not today, but maybe tomorrow or maybe in a few days, I'll look at it again. Right. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm grooming all of them more intentionally now because you're this process and this practice is making me look at them on a regular basis. So I don't feel like I'm crappy at one area of my life anymore. I feel Mm -hmm. like they're all being looked at. And that makes me feel really good about myself. You know, Um, the progress may be slow in some of them, but I, I can see progress because I know I've looked at that. And I've spun that plate a little bit this week. And uh, before I I never had that, I just felt like I was all into one or two things and other plates were falling all the time. So that's, that's been huge, huge, huge.
0: That's awesome. I love that there's like a, you know, you know, some people use balance, I like to use the word integrated, and like how you're Mm -hmm. really integrating all of these different plates into your cabinets, you know, and how how it's working for you now? You still had all those plates before, but now you're actually orchestrating them in the way that serves you and fulfills you. That's what yeah. I hear you say. Yeah, it's beautiful. it's beautiful. Well, Thank Rebecca, you for that. I feel so validated. Yay! <laughs> you're good at what you do. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I feel so affirmed. All right, we are going to hop into her coaching session. It's about uh, 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and so you can kind of get a little flavor as to what coaching is like. Enjoy. So, what are we
1: talking about today? Okay. So, uh, I put this on the intake form. Yeah. The check in the check-in form. Um, yeah. This past week. And it's something that. Ha- I feel like has been on the back burner and I need to address it cause it's keeping me from making a decision in my farm business. Uh, we, it has to do with our online store. Okay. Uh, so right now our, our primary product line marketing outlet is the CSA share and it's, as you know, since you were one of my members, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a traditional CSA share. So people don't get to choose what goes in the box. And there are, maybe you don't know this, but there are other styles of CSAs out in the world. And one of them is a choice CSA where people sign up, pay you know a certain amount for the whole year, but they, they get to log in every week and pick and choose what they want from the farm, kind of build their own kind of custom box. And this, this is a style of CSA that is gaining traction. I would say I would, uh, when farms decide what kind they want to do, a lot of them tend to move in that direction first and don't even go the traditional route because there are some barriers and obstacles that a a customer has to go through. If they just do the, you get what you get and you don't get upset model, (laughs) there's a learning, there's a learning curve. For that kind of a customer, and um, I have resisted moving in the direction of the choice CSA model because, um, well, number one, I I've got a traditional model that's working well. We have an amazing retention rate. Why would I switch to another one that's more work on our end? because if you're you're not just packing the same box, you know, down an assembly line, you're, you're now having to take the time to create custom right. orders and like, yeah, it's just a totally different animal. And so if I don't need to, to make it more complicated, why should I? Right. So that's kind of always been my philosophy. I also think that quote unquote, forcing customers to learn how to eat the traditional CSA way actually helps them grow as an, as an eater. Cause they're a person isn't going to choose to put kohlrabi into their box unless I make them try it and realize that, oh, there's some really cool things you can do with this. And so I just feel like I see customers, that transformation piece that I have talked to you about before, that that happens more when we um, kind of make people try stuff. And so that's kind of some background. And okay. there is this, Kurt has said, well, we can only have so many CSA memberships. He kind of has capped that based on, um, predominantly based on the amount of acreage that we have. But he has said, well, one way that we can continue to grow our income levels would be to offer more things to the online store. And. So that was kind of a new outlet that started a couple of years ago where he was like if we have extra stuff let's just put it into the online store and we can let our CSA customers know that it's there or sometimes we would only have like 50 of something instead of 400 and he's like well I hate to you know waste this let's just put it into the store and people can buy it. So kind of the store kind of started that way as a, as a, like an, a way to do overflow of our product and the majority of people that buy from that online store to this day, our CSA members, um, okay. where they go in and just supplement and they, like, oh, I want to add some extra cauliflower or whatever. Or, you know, you didn't have these peppers in the box this week and I want to have them. So I'm going to buy them. Right. Um, and so, as we've been looking at just trying to diversify our, the way that we bring in income, he's, Kurt and I have sort of said, well, what if we try to expand the online store and try to get more people to become online store customers, not necessarily getting our CSA members to buy. Of course, that's also awesome. That is definitely probably where most of them would come from, but we want to expand and try to get new buyers with the goal of turning them into CSA members, (laughs) right? So having it become like a, a, a way for people to try out our product because there isn't really a way to do that right now. We stopped going to the farmer's market and the only way that you can dabble in our produce before you make this big commitment to us is by doing that four-week sampler trial membership. And those sell out, like those sell out pretty quickly. And then there's no way for people, there would be no way for people to do any kind of relationship with us, right? So the online store became kind of this first step and a way to get them into the sales funnel. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Okay. And so the final element here is that you know, last year I made this sort of decision like, okay, we want to grow, we want to grow our online store sales. I'm going to start advertising it. I need to tell people that this exists because I, I became aware that people did not even know that that was an opportunity that was open to them. So I put it on my website. There's, you know, a button that says shop online. And I created some little social media posts and I would occasionally talk about it on social media, but I found myself I still find myself not wanting, not making it a priority and like not wanting to talk a ton about it. I'm like in this weird passive aggressive place where like, I want to see what would happen if we scale that, but I'm afraid because if here's what I'm thinking in my head, that if I, if I start to promote the online store too much, it will essentially become like a custom choice CSA, option and that I'll have people leave the traditional CSA and turn into those kind of customers instead. And that's not what we want to become, right? Like we, we still want to be a CSA farm. And I'm just afraid that people in my, in my current tribe are going to be like, Oh, well, I'd rather do that and, and leave, leave that. And, and there's that financial security piece, right. That comes from knowing we have, 400 people locked in they've already given us our money we're set for the year and um i just have a fear that i'll have a huge exodus of those farm of those customers moving into a different model and you know feeling like oh they they've abandoned us or they you know what if what if we can't count on that same income yeah yeah so
0: i hear there's like there's like the fear you know people will leave um then that you know makes me open the door of security with finances and then that makes me open the door of like feeling abandoned and then abandoning like this part of our business and you know then there's this other part of like You know, the more customization equals more labor hours. Like Mm -hmm. I'm being kind of passive aggressive about that. And I feel like I should, you know, do this route because I feel like I'm being pulled by the customers to do this way all while I'm scared of really promoting this because some of my fears might come true. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Okay. What do you, what do you want to walk away with from this
1: call today? I don't know if I'm going to solve it in 30 minutes, but I guess I want to try to identify why, like, what is the thought that's really, that's holding me back? I'm not really sure Mm. what it is. I think I want to start there. Um, I want to be able to walk around the kernel of the thought and investigate it and take some time to be like, is that, is that a valid thought?
0: And let's say you had that thought and you're investigating it. What would that give you?
1: Well, I think it would give me a sense of awareness, self-awareness, which is like, I guess, related to power. Yeah. Because right now I, I don't feel empowered to, to move forward. I mean, we've had similar discussions with other things um where Kurt and I have made a decision like we are going to we are going to offer the online store as a marketing outlet like that's not on the table so this isn't a question of should we do this or shouldn't we we need to but if we're going to do it like I want to I want to actually see some results and I have a suspicion that the reason I'm not seeing results is because I'm not confident like I'm not coming from a from the I was going to say from a place of power but that's maybe not the right way i just i'm not putting it out there enough because i have all these conflicted feelings about it and i don't want to feel those conflicted feelings anymore i just want to be like we're doing it no matter what happens like we're gonna do it and i'm gonna have to be okay with if people exit my csa maybe but maybe they won't rebecca like maybe that's all in my mind i don't know uh, maybe it's okay if they do. Uh... Right. And like, what
0: I hear you say, like, even when you were speaking about like, I want to say power, but I don't think that's the right thing to say. It's like, we get tripped up in that right, wrong mentality again. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, what's the right decision? What's the best decision? You know, I don't want to make the wrong decision. So then like, I feel like crap. And then I, you know, and then I'm judging myself for feeling like crap and staying where I am. And if I could just do this. And it's like, we're, it's what I hear is like, it's, you're using shame in order to feel in order to avoid feeling shame. Do you sense that? Yeah. So the outcome you're seeking is I really want to identify what's the thought holding me back. And I really want to feel powerful.
1: Yeah, I don't want to feel afraid that this, this decision to go all in with that and do it, you know, with consistency and the way I would approach any project, I don't want to feel afraid that choosing to do that is going to actually bite me in the butt later or that I'm going to wish I hadn't done it. You know, we just finished our renewal drive and the, I think I'm at 80, it's about 85%. I haven't, I'm 85% full, which is awesome. And the people, instead of of focusing on how there's 85%, (laughs) I'm looking at, you know, the 20 or so people that emailed me and said, we're not going to do it again next year. We love you guys so much. It's just too much food. And then, you know, I would find myself emailing them back and saying, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. That was the most beautiful Dear John letter ever and um i'm so grateful that you've been with us and i just want to remind you you can always just buy from our online store too like that is always an option to you and some of them would write back and say oh my gosh i didn't know that but even as i'm writing that i'm feeling like oh here's another here here it is here it's starting Mm -hmm. you know that's that's what i'm telling myself it's only you know 10 to 20 people but I'm saying, what if this is just the beginning of a slippery slope? And as people find out about this option, we're going to start seeing more and more people moving that way. And I don't know. Like I have this identity as a traditional CSA farmer. Part of it is like I'm a you know in digital farmer. Like I talk about this is the kind of CSA that we are. And um, I think even in my mind, I feel like it's the better the better version. And Hi. I know that, I know that, I know that farmers are maybe listening to this right now, but like I'm just being honest. Like I have this idea in my mind that this is, this is harder. It's harder to do this and I've, and I've achieved it and I've got this group of super fans and they, yeah, yeah like it's, it's, it's a model that's <laughs> so, serving me. It's less hard for me mm-hmm.
0: and my customers
1: are growing because of it. And I don't know. I just like, I don't want to give that up. I, I feel like I'm like, I'm um, giving in by 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 moving to a slowly slippery slope, moving to a different way, which again, that's crazy when I say that out loud, but I think that's also why I'm resisting. So
0: it sounds like what I hear you say is I'm reluctant to move forward because if I move forward, then it's going to be a slippery slope and I'm going to end up feeling like I've um, regretted my decision and it's bit me in the butt. And then I'm gonna feel like, oh, you gave in. And then I'm gonna end up feeling like this, I'm I'm giving up. Like by doing this, I'm giving up. And there's kind of like a sense of like self-betrayal that I'm hearing from you. Like a betrayal of like your own core values or your company's core values of like who you wanna be, what you stand for. All wrapped up tightly wound within this decision
1: yeah i would I would say that's an accurate representation of what I just said. um what i what I came what came up for me when you said that was and i'm I'm looking at the the glass half empty right now, um okay, I can also I can see how one might look at You know, the fact that these 20 people left the CSA and are moving to that other model, like, that doesn't have to mean that, that, um. What does it mean? That that's a bad thing. Yeah. So, like,
0: we're, you know, really well, like, what that negative interpretation is. Like, it sounds like, oh my gosh, they're abandoning me. I'm giving them too much food. Um, maybe there's a sense of, like, failure in there. And, well it's oh, like
1: it's like my mis- my mission is I want to help people get better at eating, right? Like I'm I'm going to change the way you eat and I'm not as confident that they're going to change the way they eat if they get to decide what they want every week. And so that's that's where I feel like oh man, you know, that's a bummer. I don't want to become a farm where the majority of my people just come in you know, just use me like a grocery store <laughs> or whatever. Um and and aren't challenged to grow. Like I've I've already like made the leap that you know, we're, we're five years from now and 90% of my customer base is, is shopping from the store. Like I'm just, I've immediately leaped there, which is ridiculous, but that is sort of where my mind goes. And I still want to be, I don't want to give up on that dream. Like that's what we're good at.
0: Yeah. And so the dream, like so 80% is that the number? 85. 80%, 85%, 85%, uh, they are staying within your existing traditional CSA model. And they are fulfilling in within your dream of, I'm changing the way you eat. Like you're eating based on harvest. And then there's uh, these other people who are saying, like, hey, it's just a, I'm, it's more food than I want, but like I really want to on board within your choice CSA. Is that what it's called? The choice CSA?
1: No, I'm not even calling it a CSA. I'm just saying buy a la carte from the store. It's just a custom. la carte. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what if you still are changing the way they eat? What if they eat Skittles at home and bomb bombs? And this is you still changing the way they eat.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's looking at it in a different way or or even saying, remember we talked about this, I think, before about that they're like a grad, they're graduating into a different mm-hmm. season of their life. Because yeah. many of these people are older. They're like couples that mm. either either their kids have just gone to college. And so it's just the two of them now. And so they, they do have a significant a change in their household. Um, Got it.
0: So let's, let's play, let's go deep. Let's, uh, what do I want to say? So you've already reinterpreted, okay, this is an older generation. So I'm going to relabel them or reinterpret the situation as they've graduated. You know, they're older, they've graduated, but what if they're younger? What if they're younger, they've only done it for a year and they are making your fear really ignite? How else do you want to interpret it?
1: They're not ready, like they're not ready yet for for the thing that CSA could be. Um, yeah, what's another not, interpretation? They're not the right fit for a CSA that's traditional and maybe never would be. I mean, there are definitely people that fall into that category.
0: Yeah, and how do you relate to those people who fall into that category?
1: How do I relate to them? What do you mean by that? Ask that in a different way.
0: Yeah. Um what does that have to mean about you if they don't fall into your CSA box? If they're not the right fit? What does that have to mean about you? Or what are you making it mean about you when people don't fall within it?
1: Um I'm not going to be able to help them. Mm, Okay. Do you want to help everybody? I do. Rebecca, is that ridiculous? (laughs) (laughs) That's so ridiculous, isn't it? (laughs) No. It's so
0: like, what, you know, and like, so what if you do? That's cool. But what if, so how is the, I want to help everybody? Like. What is that limiting you, or how is that limiting you?
1: Well, I can't focus on everyone, everyone's in a different place in the journey, and you know, I see certain milestones that people can typically hit, and I feel like that would be difficult for me. I don't really want to create intensive support mechanisms for every stage of the, you know, map wherever they might fall. Um, so if they're traveling from Seattle to DC, like I don't wanna have to have this intensive strategy for people in Montana and people Mm -hmm. in Iowa and people in in Illinois. You know, like I I just wanna be able to focus on our zone of genius. Right and and so... and I I was willing to do that a long time ago. I did that. I poured my heart into this. I created so much content. Um, and I feel like I've I've I don't want to say I've arrived, but like we have as a we're a strong business now, and we have our ideal customer. Like we know who they are. <sighs> like this is what so we do. What I what I really
0: want to point to right now, that's kind of like screaming at me, is there's this fear of abandonment, and there's this fear of the great exit. And so then we have this survival mechanism that I know we've talked about, which is that automatic way. And it like, it keeps us feeling safe and it keeps us feeling comfortable, but it also keeps us in our comfort zone. That's the survival mechanisms. Number one job mm-hmm. is to keep us feeling safe and to keep us feeling safe. What it does is it makes us feel like crap. And because that's what keeps us in status quo. And The survival mechanism that I'm seeing here, it's kind of like that part of you, it's making it really important to help everyone, because if you're helping everyone, then it knows it's really sophisticated. It it knows that it's going to keep you playing this tap dance of like, I don't know, what should I do? I feel like I have to, what's the right decision? And so it's keeping you kind of in this place of um, like of an impasse or a deadlock. and what's a different way that you could make this decision? Like what's, what's possible if you just opened up the gates to doing this a la carte? Like if you completely took out the limiting factors and the challenges of like all of the extra work and labor that goes into it, like what's possible?
1: Yeah, I, I was just writing down as you were talking, like what if something beautiful is waiting on the other side of this? that I can't even imagine. You know, if I do go all in, I'm automatically assuming it's gonna be a negative thing, but what if it actually opens up opportunities that I can't see yet, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Because your survival
0: mechanism loves to create a lose-lose. It's Like, oh, if I do this, then everybody's gonna exit. Oh, if I don't do this, then we don't have that extra source of income and we're wasting these extra vegetables. And if I don't do this, then these people are leaving and then I feel abandoned. So it's a lose, lose situation.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I also think that I, I feel like I've cracked the nut here and I, I have a system that I've been implementing now for three or four years. And I think I'm also afraid of having to change it. Right. So if I suddenly shift something here, um, that's going to mean that, things are going to adjust and I'm going to have to adjust my strategy a little bit or how I show up for people or like there and will how- be there will be adjustments. And I'm, I think I'm like, oh, that's more work for me or like, I don't know what that will look like. And I'd rather just stay here where I, where I know it's always going to, I just keep it the same. I know that it'll be more of the same.
0: And how is this right here familiar? What you just said of like, I've cracked the nut and now I feel like I wanna kind of grow a little bit more. How is
1: that familiar? I mean, I feel like I'm back at that invisible bridge in Indiana Jones. Okay. And typically at that bridge, you feel
0: powerful on the other side.
1: Yeah, so far I have.
0: So based on your, so far you have, I would, I would say that's always. So based on your, (laughs) your track record of getting to this bridge, which most people don't get to this bridge and figuring out and putting trust and faith that there is a bridge and you walking across the bridge and you feel powerful. It's like reminding yourself of like, oh yeah, my survival mechanism is doing that thing it does best. It's making me think there's no bridge. It's making me think I'm going to fall. It's making me think that there's going to be this great exit. But what if I just trust? What if I just trust that it's actually all going to work out? What if I believe that there's a bridge here because I see there's a door on the other side and I really want to get to that door? I really want to get to the room full of cups. So it's like, what is that room full of cups for you? Like what would that yeah. cash, what would that extra income give you? Because you've mentioned like getting diversified, um, expanding your online store, um, growing your income with like
1: kind of the extra stuff. Like so, mm-hmm. what would that give you? It would give give us. It would give us more cash flow, and what we, would that give you? We feel less stressed about whether we can make ends meet. Um, and if you're feeling less stressed, how are you feeling? Um like anything's possible. I don't know, there if I'm feeling less stressed, I'm able to be to do things with my family. Like I'm I'm mm. my business doesn't own me. I own the business. And um I can make decisions to not always be in the business trying to constantly make more money. Um mm. so that I can yeah. do things that aren't just my business. Yeah yeah the business
0: doesn't own me but i own the business and i actually get to make the decisions i feel yeah. less stressed anything is possible and there's like this security blanket there so what if you made your decision from that place and made all of the decisions from that place the the well it, it takes extra labor It's like okay so if we want to make the decision to have that extra cushion and to create less stress then what choices
1: do we have? Yeah, actually that, that brings up something else. Like um, I thought about that this morning on my walk that if I'm going to be all in on this, then I need, to, like, let's just, just, if I could come from a place and assume that if I open the doors for this, it's going to it's gonna go really well. If I'm all in, like, what would happen if suddenly a bunch of people started buying? It's almost like I haven't set up the system to be able to prepare for that. I mean, because we're getting like 50 orders a week. What if it was 75? I'm sorry, 50 orders, a, like a Wednesday, and then 50 orders on Monday, like, so 100 100 a week. So what if it suddenly became 125 150? Like, I would need more staff, because right now I'm out there helping pack the orders. And I that that's another thing, like, I don't want to be trapped out there now, even longer, being one of the store fulfillers, you know, So wanting to grow this business, this side of the business means that I'm going to end up being outside longer, twice a day in the pack shed, packing store orders, which is not how I add the greatest value to my business. So it's like, okay, well, maybe I need, what if I prepared, you know, stacked the deck this coming summer and was like, we're going to, we're going to have three people. We're going to be prepared to have three people doing store orders. So almost as if we expect there to be more people. Does that make yeah. sense? Like like if I yeah, came just, at it expecting, I wonder if that would bring those results if I started to make decisions as if they were already happening. Right. And I also hear you're making the decision from a
0: place of coming from feeling less stressed and anything is possible and the business doesn't own me. So if I'm going to make the, the, the decision out of a commitment and a value of less stress, I own the business. I'm just going to onboard three people. And I'm going to feel powerful while doing it. And yes, I'm aware that my fear is going to throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall. And it's predictable for my fear to think about cost and think about expense and think about cash flow. But if I actually really want this because I see the other end of that invisible bridge as something really beautiful, and it's going to create less stress, and I'm going to start making the decisions from less stress. That's what I heard you say. I'm going to bring on yeah. three people or I'm going to dedicate three people. Like, I yeah. also want to touch on like the all or nothing. Like, so what if you try this and then you realize, Oh, I don't really like this, but the customers really like this, but you know what, this is causing more stress. So this isn't what's for me. And then like working mm-hmm. through that at the time it shows up and like deciding to stop. Cause just because we start something doesn't mean we, we have to keep doing it. We could rip it up and try again. Mm-hmm.
1: Or or put a container around it, like you've taught yeah.
0: me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that.
1: Um, I had and I know th- we're getting, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I know we're getting to the, close to the time. I just wanted to bring up to that. I think that I also have to change. I want to just journal about my thoughts as far as seeing it as a bad thing if people leave the CSA and I I have to say I have to reframe that and say that well you know a, sto- a store order customer isn't worse or better than a CSA customer they're they're just different and there's maybe that they're serving a different purpose in the overall funnel so you know maybe there's there are people that that haven't been a CSA customer yet are buying from the store only. And maybe they're there for many years, but maybe someday they would graduate into the Mm -hmm. CSA. So maybe it functions as a way to help my CSA funnel stay solid because there will be a percentage of people that come through that, that do want to graduate to CSA, or maybe it, maybe it serves as an exit funnel, you know, as as the exit strategy for my funnel where people do graduate out of the CSA model eventually. And I, I'm now 15 years into this and I have never, really faced that reality, but my, my customer base is aging out. Like, well, I don't want to say aging out, but like there, there are now, you know, many of the, many of them, when they started with us, had kids that were really young. Now their kids are graduating. Like, am I going to start to see more of that? And maybe that's okay. You know, this is just a new, a new territory for me and do is it good to have a way for them to keep being able to buy from me instead of just being like, I'm sorry, you just got to leave us.
0: <laughs> well, and like
1: what I'm sensing is
0: like, there's this huge level of attachment. It's like this. there's on this spectrum of like attachment or like it's straight resignation. It's like, which is kind of that lose-lose again. Mm -hmm. Like I'm super attached to them staying or if they're not staying, then my fear kicks in. It's like, oh, I'm just giving up, which is that kind of resignation. And Mm -hmm. so if we take ourselves off of that spectrum and make decisions through our own commitments, which is not even on the spectrum, it's like somewhere on a different piece of paper, we make the decisions through commitment and through value, then it doesn't matter if they stay and they're older or they're younger, because it sounds like your commitment is to really teach people how to eat. And some people want to learn that skill and some other people don't want to learn that skill. And it doesn't have to mean anything about you all. The only thing it really could mean is, Hey, they've graduated. I'm really proud of them. Or hey, they're not ready for this yet, which I'm meeting them where they're at. And when I'm meeting them where they're at, like more connection, more humanity, more acceptance comes into play. So what do you, what do you need in order to feel powerful, leave this call powerful or feel complete as it relates to, you know, I really want to identify what's the thought holding me back. And I really want to have awareness and power leaving this call. Do um, you need I, to feel complete around that?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I would, I need a question to journal, to okay. journal on. Because I'm not completely there yet. And I don't, I just, I need something to guide, guide my thoughts. Or if I go for a walk, like what's one or two questions that I can be thinking about to help me just keep talking it out. And if you don't yeah. have that question on the top of your, you know mind right now yeah. you email it to me but or text it yeah well what's coming to my mind is like that lose lose
0: that your survival mechanism likes to create which you're really aware of so what is the win-win how can you win and they win how can you serve them and have them serve you mm-hmm. what is that win-win what does that look like i'm writing that
1: down what- that's really good
0: Like, what would future you, who did this, what would she be telling you? All right, that's just a little taste of what coaching is like. And then here's a kind of exit of the impact it has on Corinna.
1: Enjoy. Well, I hope you enjoyed peeking inside of my head and seeing a sample coaching session I find these to be so valuable to meet with her every week. It gives me a chance to empty my mind and deal with things that are holding me back. And I have found that I am more accountable to the decisions that I'm making, knowing that I'm going to meet up with Rebecca the next week and I want to be able to show her that I'm making progress. Like it forces me... To think about the questions that she's asked, to journal about them every day, to create action steps and just start moving forward. So, I hope this was helpful for you. If you ever decide you want to do coaching, now you might have a little bit more information about what that looks like and how it might help you long term.
0: I hope this really helps you see what coaching is and how it has impacted. A client of mine um, who is super successful, who is super powerful, who has really built something amazing, built an amazing family, built an amazing uh, business. Check her out. Uh, She's my digital farmer. She's on Spotify, she has a website, uh, she has amazing marketing tips that really flow beyond agriculture and really into anybody's business. So check her out because she truly is a trailblazer. So thank you so much for listening and keep trailblazing growth and taking those bold leaps. If you'd like to connect, send me an email to coach at trailblazersgrowth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at trailblazersgrowth finally make sure to check out my website trailblazersgrowth.com for all details about individual coaching and upcoming group programs. See you next time.